Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Hope it's a payday for you. Absolutely hope it is a payday for you, you weekly and bi-weekly wage earners. Today should be a day that you're in money. So congratulations, you made it. For those of you that's not, maybe next Friday. It is Maroon Friday for all of us, which means that it is a day of celebration as we celebrate our commonality, the fact that we all cheer for the great maroon and white of Mississippi State, I consider these things from time to time. As I'm out traveling and, you know, sometimes just lost in, in, in uh, reflective thought, I begin to think about, you know, what are the chances of all of us kind of getting together and agreeing on anything, agreeing on a common cause? Pretty slim. It's one of the great things about college sports fandom is it brings people from all walks of life together unites them under one banner it's a really cool thing and it would be great if we could do that in other parts of our life you know what i'm saying i'm not going to get all caught up and get 
you know, washed away in platitudes and all that sort of stuff. But the reality of the fact is, it's, it's really cool that so many people from some diverse backgrounds can come together and be Bulldogs and cheer for the uh, the great student athletes and coaches that uh, represent us on the field. Speaking of which, I'd like to congratulate our uh, our Mississippi State soccer team that, with a draw in the Magnolia Cup yesterday. Big point for them. Ole Miss has kind of had our number in soccer for a while, and um, it's good to see us pull even there. Had a chance to win the thing. Couldn't quite close it, but uh, good to get a draw there and get a point. That's big. That's that's big. I, you know, last year I covered the first ever NCAA soccer tournament game on the Mississippi State campus, and uh, we got beat one nothing. You know, it, Belmont beat us. It was just one of those things you look at and it just didn't make a lot of sense. But the reality is, we lost. I believe better days are ahead. I cheer for all of our student athletes. Whether I am a huge fan of the sport or not, I am a huge fan of Mississippi State, and I want Mississippi State to be successful in all ventures. And I know most of you feel the same way. I want to remind you guys, when you come to town, Bulldog Burger Company is without a doubt the best place to go break bread. Love going there. My family loves going there. Your family loves going there. Got a report yesterday from a good friend in Tupelo. He said, Steve, Bulldog Burger Company is a smashing success in Tupelo. Very happy to hear that. Encourage you, if you're traveling to the greater Tupelo area, to go by and break bread at the new location there on Gloucester Street. Bulldog Burger Company here in the Cotton District in Starkville is always happy to serve you. I encourage you to have the spring rolls because they will make you and everyone around you better looking, and we all need that. I'm still riding the Lauren train. I had somebody else tweet at me and say, you know what, Steve, I've been on the Bryant train for a while. Sorry, Bryant, but I have I haven't the convert. DeLorean is the way to go, I'm telling you. It's a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Hope that you guys can treat yourself to the fine delicacies at Bulldog Burger Company in Starkville and Tupelo, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's jump into this because the big the big news today is everybody's like, okay, Steve, who's going to start at quarterback? Let me, let me tell you. I don't have it 100%, but I, am, I have it on good authority that uh, Tommy Stevens is in much better condition than he was each of the last two weeks, and that he is going to be on the dress list for the trip to Auburn. Now, I expect it to be a game-time type decision, but anybody that has ruled him out for this weekend is probably a little bit premature in that analysis. We know what we have with Garrett Schrader. I kind of like a little bit of mystery, to be quite honest with you, because here's the thing. We all have a desire to know, and I am one of those. You know, Obviously, that's why I got into this, this industry, because I'm nosy. I like to ask questions. I like to know what's going on. And you do too, which is why you listen to the show or you go to the Facebook Live and you subscribe to Gene's page because you want to know what's going on with your Bulldogs. Let me tell you, a lot of people early in the week, including myself, said, you know what, I would bet on Garrett Schrader starting. I I think that is at best 50-50 right now. I think there is a very good chance that you could see Tommy Stevens play on Saturday. But I like the fact that Joe Moorhead has kind of kept everybody guessing a little bit. It gets frustrating for me at times because we want to be able to tell you things authoritatively that are correct. We don't want to have to come back later and say, well, you know, our sources said this and they were wrong. Because sometimes that happens. But that's not you're not here to hear us apologize for being wrong. You're here for us to tell you what's going on. And the reality of the situation now is that Tommy Stevens is in better shape. Tommy Stevens did go through practice this week. They, he was still somewhat, they were protective of him, but he was not limited like he was a week ago. Wasn't limited. So it'll boil down to how he feels in warm-ups, but he will make the trip. Also, 
I am told, on the Bulldog dress list, Nick Gibson and Lee Witherspoon. Mississippi State will take its full complement of scholarship running backs to Auburn this weekend as we prepare to take on the Tigers. And that's going to be big because it is going to be a very, very physical challenge competing against that Auburn front. So we're going to need all hands on deck. Let me go ahead and prepare you now. This is going to be a little shorter show than Friday because than the normal Friday because I have to get on the road. I've got to be able to. I had some car trouble, and you know how that goes. That that it's never, it's never as cheap as they tell you it's going to be, and it's never as easy as they tell you it's going to be, and they're never done as quickly as they hope to be. And things, you know. Listen, I'm very happy with the people that we work with here in Starkville, but the reality of the situation is it's got me a little bit behind the calendar. So I'm going to have to get out of here. So I won't have your normal 50-minute show. I will make it up to you, but I will be honest with you. I've got all this Facebook Live stuff, and if you haven't been attending the Facebook Live show, those are Monday at Thursday at 8 p.m. And you can go to the Facebook Live page, Facebook page, the Jeans page 247. Let me, let me, the, the address is Bulldogs 247, B-U-L-L-D-A-W-G-S 247. And I share it on my personal Facebook page. But Mondays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Come, come, come visit, because I, I just give like an opening statement, and we open up the floor for questions, and it's interactive. And uh, it's, been, it's been great. I mean, I, tell you, I had a little technical difficulties last night, and I didn't realize that I was still on the air. So I, I'm just sitting there, and people are like, hey, Earth to Steve, Earth to Steve. Uh, I didn't understand. I'm st- it's still a new forum for me. It's a new format, so I'm, I'm getting u- used to all that. But, uh, but I, I'm just glad that I didn't say or do anything inappropriate, right? So back to uh, this dress list thing, Nick Gibson – has missed the last two weeks, and you know Lee Witherspoon got a little banged up last week on that, uh, you know, touchdown throw to the end zone that was not. But those guys have been good to go. They have gone through practice, and so again, you know, nobody's 100% this time of year. But it does appear right now that Mississippi State is going to bring a bring a pretty healthy team to Auburn. And people say, well, Steve, what what chances do you give? You know, listen, I expect it to be a good ball game, and if I had to call it today. I, their ability to run the football against an inexperienced defensive front really concerns me. And so if I had to call it today, I think State's going to lose a close one. I don't think Auburn covers, but I think Auburn probably wins. It is a difficult place to go play, and it always has been for Mississippi State. My hope is that we can maybe channel the spirit of Terrell Grendel and Matt Butler and Matt Wyatt, Pig Prather, and find a way to go steal one out there on the plains. Now the Auburn defense very good. This offense is a work in progress. I don't think anybody has really pressured Bo Nix the way that perhaps Bob Shoup can. And that's the thing, I think if we give him some exotic looks, slow down the running game just enough, put them in some third and long situations where he has to throw the football, that if he th- they throw it enough, we're gonna catch some of those. And I think in order for Mississippi State to win this football game, we're gonna need a non-offensive touchdown. We're going to need a special team score. We're going to need a pick six. You know, that was the thing last weekend is Willie Gay steps in front of that uh, Sawyer Smith path and takes it back. You know, it's kind of like any time that you can put points on the board when the other team has the football, you're way ahead of the game. You don't need you don't need to be John Madden to, to understand that. The reality of the situation is that set the tone. And if State can go out there and get a turnover early and maybe get some points on the board, because I think one of the keys to beating Auburn for Mississippi State has always been survive the first quarter. If you win the first quarter with Auburn, it seems you win the ball game. Because Gus is kind of a mad scientist now. He will scheme some things up based on the looks that we have have presented on tape. 
and they're going to come out and they're going to have a you know pretty much an offensive script for the first couple drives. If that is successful and we get down a couple scores early and have to start chasing the game, that kind of negates some of the impact that Kylan Hill can have on the ball game. And that's when things, I think, kind of get, get a little dicey for you because when you become one-dimensional against a defense as good as Auburn's, uh, it, it comes to be a long night. But here's the deal. Secondary-wise, as good as their front seven is, their back end not quite as experienced. And I think we're going to be able to make some plays down there. If State can protect, and that's been, that's, that's been a little bit dicey for us, okay? We, we talked about that on the show before. I mean, we're, we're giving up some sacks. Some of that is, you know, quarterbacks held the ball too long. Sometimes we just had busting protections. We've got to be able to protect the quarterbacks. If we can keep Tommy Stevens, Garrett Schrader upright, I think we have the potential to make some plays down the field. You make some plays down the field, it's going to keep those safeties at too high and give you an opportunity to open some running lanes. I think Tommy Stevens gives us the best chance to do that right now. And so if Tommy is as healthy as I'm being told he is, then you've got an opportunity now to go out there and I think really put a competitive offense on the field. But we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. That's one thing that I have been over to Auburn so many times and it always seems that we we kind of do something silly early in a ball game, or we, we have a bust, or we you know we have a turnover. We do something that uh, that allows a little separation early, and then it seems like we are never able to kind of get going again. You know, we're always like we're chasing the game. So if we can survive that first quarter, and maybe match them, maybe we get out of there seven seven or within a score after the first quarter, I think we've got a shot. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, I, I absolutely think Auburn's going to run over. So, you know what, they might. Because I remember going over there in 2017, and I felt really good about our defensive effort, and we got absolutely shelled. They absolutely ran all over us and uh, even had the backup quarterback late in the ball game, getting loose and making plays. Uh, so we've got to be better. We simply have to be better. And we, I'm be honest with you, we're not bringing the same, the same caliber of horses on that defensive front that we had over there two years ago. And, again, they kind of ran it well. And some of that, you know, they do some gimmicky things with what they do run-wise. They're incorporating a lot of jet sweeps. They're doing a lot of things right now to really cause defenses trouble. They do a lot of shifting. They do a lot of motions. They do a lot of things to kind of get you off your game a little bit. And that's where we got to be very disciplined. That's where I think having a veteran linebacker core and a veteran secondary kind of comes into play. Because as everybody begins to shift – it's those guys kind of making the adjustments based on where the skill guys go. And so we can be disciplined and be well coached and not get in a situation where it's a track meet early. I think we have a chance. If we get to the fourth quarter within a score, I like Mississippi State's chances. Because I think you've got guys like – I think Tommy Stevens is a winner. I know that he has been somewhat injury-prone in his career, but that kid is a winner. And I think you put him on the field and you put Colin Hill on the field and you give those guys an opportunity to go make some plays – You've got a chance to go win a ball game. I think I think any fourth quarter that we enter within a score, we have a really good chance. And I don't just mean mathematically. I just think there is just something about this team. I think we have the ability to close out football games. It's the reality of it. That's how I feel about it. And I think in Kansas State we learned that if we sit around waiting for them to lose, we're going to lose the ball game. Everybody wants to know about Tudor Gate 10. I don't expect any of the Tudor Gate 10 to travel to Auburn. I shared that last week. I still believe that. I still believe at this point that the Tudor Gate 10, or some of them, will be eligible to play in our next game on the road to Tennessee. 
if, if I had to call it today, there, there are essentially three games left in the regular season. I think everybody will be on deck for Ole Miss. And then I think it's Tennessee and Arkansas. Now, if Arkansas continues to go in the tank, you might adjust a little bit. You may say, you know what, we should be able to beat Arkansas without some of these guys, so let's go to A&M. Because I believe we can go down there and steal one from A&M, especially after seeing them play. They're, they're, going, to be in, they're going to be in a much different frame of mind by the time we see them. They lost a big ball game last weekend, as you guys know, uh, you know, to Auburn at home, and I think that's one that most of us expected them uh, to win. I know I did, even though I'm not a big Kellen Mond fan. I, I, Auburn really surprised me. They went down there and really played hard-nosed football. Uh, but so let's uh, let's look at this A&M schedule, just because of the fact, you know, if you look at who they played, they blew out Texas State. They get beat by Clemson, and even though. A&M kind of made that game somewhat respectable. Clemson was never really threatened in the ball game. I don't think anybody would say otherwise. And then they absolutely destroy Lamar, 62 to three, and then they give up 28 to Auburn in a loss. And so A&M has struggled against teams with uh, with good athletes. And here's the deal: they're going to beat Arkansas tomorrow, and then they're going to go play A&M, Alabama. They're going to host Alabama, and then they travel to Oxford, and then we go down there. Uh, the week before Texas San Antonio. So that stretch right there, that Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas San Antonio stretch, that that in many ways will define their season. Those are games I think they feel like they have to win because when you get a little deeper into this thing, later in the year they've got Georgia and LSU, and I think everybody right now would expect those games to be losses. So you've already got two losses, and then you throw in Alabama, Georgia, LSU. I, I think the ceiling for them is seven and five. The floor is probably six and six, depending on how things go with our game, because I fully expect them to beat Arkansas and Ole Miss and Texas San Antonio and South Carolina without a lot of trepidation. It's as simple as that. But uh, but the reality is, I think that is a winnable game for Mississippi State, and that might change Joe Moorhead's thinking a little bit. You know, he may decide, you know what, let's go get that game. Because we think, you know what, and Arkansas might be in the tank. I mean, they really are already. But my point being is that you may decide we might be able to win that ball game. Uh, so you slide some guys around. And, and it's become this ongoing debate. And uh, everybody's got a take on this and what we think should happen. But the reality is Joe Moorhead's got to manage the situation that really is not of, of his making. I can't begin to imagine thinking, okay, we've got ten guys, three of which are expected to really be major contributors. And... Um, you're only going to have them for four games. And so you've got to pick the four games that are advantageous to you. And uh, that is something that is somewhat uh, interesting. That is very intriguing. I don't know that that's been a, a situation that many people have had to deal with in the past. Speaking of uh, college football, some of you guys I know like to have a little skin in the game. And uh, if you're one of those people, let me encourage you to use our, our friends at mybookie.ag. They have a longtime sponsors of the Boneyard. We've had them uh, pretty much every football season I think for the last five years, and uh, with some great success, had some of our listeners uh, have a lot of fun and uh, and win some cash. And so, if you're one of those people uh, that likes to pick winners, and and maybe it's you're just kind of talking trash in your office pool, maybe it's time you put your money where your mouth is and go visit our friends at mybookie.ag. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to give you a promo code that will allow you to double your first deposit. That's right, double your first deposit. You you, you put in 100 bucks, they're going to match it and give you another 100 So you're playing, you're playing with your money as well as the house money. And so in order to activate that code, you need promo code BONEYARD. That's B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. And that's mybookie.ag. Again, that's mybookie.ag, promo code BONEYARD. 
activate that offer and have your initial deposit matched 100%. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So let's look around the SEC here. Uh, it is a limited schedule this week because there are a lot of conference games. There are some head-to-heads this, this weekend. As I mentioned, A&M will be on the road at Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, that's one of the things we've talked about. I think all of us expected, all of any, anybody that, um, that pays attention to the SEC knew that Arkansas was going to be really struggle to make a ball game, and they were going to have to sweep in on conference and then pick off a couple of games uh, in the conference schedule. Uh, they're not off to a good start. They're 2-2, two and two, and if you look at their schedule and you begin to ask yourself, where else does Arkansas get a win? I, I don't think at this point you could guarantee anything. I'm sure that they'll, they'll probably be favored against Western Kentucky at home, but I think the reality of the situation is is that um, they're not a good football team, and I think people are beginning to to realize that. And that's one of the things that I think back, and I now granted Joe Moorhead inherited a, a program in better standing than some of these other guys, but if you look around and kind of grade the SEC hires, Joe Moorhead, Chad Morris, Jeremy Pruitt, and all of those guys were candidates for the Mississippi State job. We got Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. I believe now that we've kind of begun to identify quarterbacks that match what we want to do offensively, that we're going to see the trajectory of this program go up. While Arkansas and Tennessee are both in situations where they're probably about to undergo another coaching search within the next 14 months or so. Arkansas struggled to beat Portland State at home. It took a defensive stand late in the ballgame to prevent a um, tying score. They lose at Ole Miss, and look, we've all seen Ole Miss play. And while Ole Miss has had uh, you know some improvement, they're not a great football team. But they did protect their home turf. They beat Arkansas 31-17, and really uh, Ole Miss kind of ran it well late in that ball game. And then Arkansas beat up Colorado State pretty good. Then they lose to San Jose State, and that's the thing, Chad. And Chad, if I could speak directly to you here, Chad Morris, is that you can't lose to San Jose State in year two. You you just can't. And that's one of the things. If you look at Chad Morris's career record. These are the games that he loses. It just I mean, he's got I think he's got half a dozen losses or they're about losses to G5 teams in his career. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so when they expand the stadium and spend that money, they expect you to win. And so I, I would venture to say that uh, Arkansas is about to go on a uh, they're going to extend this one game losing streak by five and they will be two and eight at homecoming. Is that right? Two and eight. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five. They're going to lose the next five games in a row. They're two and two. They're going to lose the next five, so they'll be two and seven. And then they'll have Western Kentucky coming in. Then they travel to LSU and they host Missouri. And so I'm, I wonder where the wins are going to come from. They host A&M, go to Kentucky, host Auburn, go to Alabama, and then host Mississippi State a week later. You know, and we're we're the homecoming opponent. We we might go over there with the. Uh, with Garrett Schrader win the ball game and dance night away with the homecoming queen, you know. But the reality is they're going to get beat this weekend. I, I expect A&M to get on pretty good. That, but that those games have been pretty good the last few years. You know, that, that's that's been an interesting deal to go play that game at, you know, at Jerry World. Uh, Northern Illinois at Vanderbilt should be a chance for Vanderbilt to get a win. And, again, Vanderbilt's already chasing by eligibility. going to be very difficult to get there. Very difficult to get there. Um 
but they should win this week. You know, that, that's one of the things you begin to look at all this stuff and you think, okay, we're four games into the schedule and some of these teams have already got a couple losses and so they're already – and we, we're just getting in to SEC play and uh, you're not going to be favored in many of those ball games. And how many upsets can you pull? You know, Vanderbilt's one of those teams that, uh, you know, that they're never going to recruit the same level of athlete that most of the teams in the conference. That's just the reality of things. So uh, they, uh, they, you know, they win the game, they lose Purdue, they get shelled by LSU, and then they get Northern Illinois. Next week they go to, Vander, to, to Ole Miss. The week after Ole Miss plays Alabama, if I'm Vanderbilt, I'm liking my chances. Win, win 11, 11 a.m. game this Saturday and go to a beat-up Ole Miss team next week. You know, and then you've got UNLV the next week. This three-game stand kind of, kind of defines the season. That's just how it is. You know, you find a way to win those three, then you're in the mix because you've got South Carolina and Kentucky, and there's an East Tennessee State game there, and there's there's Tennessee to close out the year. And so you begin to start counting games here, and you think, you know what, if Vanderbilt can put it together, because Vanderbilt has proven they can score a little bit, uh, they've got a chance to sneak into a bowl game. Towson State at Florida, is there really anything to discuss about that one? Uh, you know, Florida at home, number nine, uh, undefeated, they will remain undefeated. I like Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Trask makes Florida more multiple offensively. I think they're more difficult to defend uh, with him as their quarterback. I think he is. I think he's a great player, and I think that uh, probably the Felipe Franks is is more of the runner, you know. And Dan likes that running quarterback, but I think Kyle Trask is a much better passer, and I think that's going to show. Kentucky at South Carolina. You know, Kentucky's beat South Carolina five years in a row. That stat kind of snuck up on me. I didn't know that. And the reality of the matter is, is, you know, Kentucky is probably a game that Kentucky fans, beginning of the year, open up the schedule and says, you know what, we're going to beat those guys. Kind of like how we feel about Kentucky. I'm sure that's how they felt about South Carolina. You know, some of them obviously felt like they were going to beat Mississippi State for some reason, despite the fact that they've now lost 10 of 13 in the series against the Bulldogs. But this is one, the South Carolina game. I'm sure they said, you know what, we'll go down there and win that one. You know, Kentucky, similar situation. You look at that and say, okay, they're 2-2 two and two after four. But when you begin to look at the schedule, there's a handful of wins in here because of the fact they play in the East and their other West opponent is a team that's going to finish last in the West. And so let's say they take care of South Carolina tomorrow, I expect. They're going to, go to, they're going to host Arkansas the next week. All right, so that's two wins. Okay, so now you're 4-2 and two with six to play you're going to lose to Georgia and I think they'll lose to Missouri so that puts you four and four with four games left to play well then you get into that deal well then they're going to host Tennessee travel to Vanderbilt and host Tennessee Martin and then host Louisville they'll at least get a split and so when you begin to look at what Kentucky's facing I begin to think okay there's no reason right now to think they're not going to be bowl eligible but I think they have to win this weekend I think they have to win this weekend. But their schedule is somewhat favorable. But, again, I think if you look at the remainder of their schedule, I think Georgia is the only certain loss, and Missouri is probably secondary. I think Missouri is probably the one you look at and say, the way Missouri is moving the ball offensively, they've got a real chance to go to Lexington and win that ball game. And so the the games that are somewhat toss-ups, the Mizzou game in Louisville, and Louisville is still a program that's in, uh, in rehabilitation, those games are in Lexington. So I like Kentucky to get there. 
And uh, that's the thing, too, when you look at the East, the East has been kind of beat on. You know, South Carolina's the one team you look over there right now, and I think that they're, they're in a very precarious situation. You know, if they want to be bowl eligible, they're going to have to find a way to win that ball game this weekend. Uh, I think Kentucky has some margin for error. I don't think South Carolina has any margin for error. And, yes, they're playing a freshman quarterback, too, and this is a very unforgiving league, and there's always going to be uh, – you know, another mountain to climb. But, you know, when you begin to think about, you know, their their one win on the season was against Charleston Southern, 72-10. to 10, But they lose to UNC. They get beat by Alabama. They get beat pretty good by Mizzou. So you're 1-3. And, and then you're, you're this weekend you're going to host a team that's beat you five years in a row. Then you go to Georgia and you host Florida. Let's go ahead and count both of those as losses. So now all of a sudden you're let, – let's say – if you lose to Kentucky, you're already one and six. You have to win out. That's not going to happen because they have Tennessee, Vanderbilt, App State, A&M, and then Clemson. That Clemson thing at the end of the year, I, I don't care who you are or where you're from, not even the most, you know, homeristic South Carolina fan, I think with, with a freshman quarterback, looks at that ball game and says, you know what, we'll find a way to beat Clemson in, in the end of the year. It's not going to happen. And so that makes this weekend's ball game with Kentucky that much bigger. There is no margin for error for South Carolina. There's, matter of fact, I don't even know if you can look at this and honestly say you can find a path to bowl eligibility based on what they have. And so with a 1-3 record, you've got to find five wins, and you've got eight games left to play. Well, you know, right out of the gate, Clemson's one of them that they're not going to win. You're not going to beat Florida. So now all of a sudden you've got to win five of six. You lose that South Carolina game, then all of a sudden you've got to win everything else. You're not going to beat Georgia. You're not going to beat Florida. You, you got to find a way to go to Knoxville and beat Tennessee. That's 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 going to be difficult. Even though it's Tennessee is in rebuild mode, I'm sure I'm sure Tennessee's looking at that South Carolina game, thinking Jeremy Pruitt or Phil Farmer's thinking, you know what, maybe we can get those guys. Then you get Vanderbilt, and the way Vanderbilt's starting to score a little bit, that's a toss-up too. There's just not a single game on here uh, that you look at and say, you know what, I definitely like South Carolina win. I wouldn't even right now pick them over App State. App State with a big win last weekend. And so when you begin to kind of boil it all down, you begin to see this weekend should bring out the best in the SEC because there are some people out there that are already playing for bowl eligibility. Mississippi State's not one of them. But, man, what a big win that would be for us this weekend to get a W on the plains of Auburn and then have the opportunity to have the bye week and then go to Kentucky. And then all of a sudden you look at this thing and all of a sudden you're 5-1 and one at the halfway point that all of a sudden you're in the mix for some much bigger and better things. But I think when you look at these bowl trips, you look at the fact that A&M is probably going to be a 7-5, 6-6 team. You look at the fact that Kentucky is probably you know, 7-5 type team, that Vanderbilt might be a 6-win team. If Mississippi State can somehow get to 8, then all of a sudden you're back in the New Year's Day bowl picture. Just because of the fact that the way these tie-ins break in, you're going to have an opportunity to get a nice bowl trip, Bulldog fans. But the bottom line is we got to go win some ball games. I want to remind you, too, when you're in town, Campus Bookmart, absolutely the place to go, man. Love Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there. Uh, we've had a great partnership for many years now, and I want to thank you guys for patronizing their business. I've, every time I go in there, people say, this has been so great for us. It's been such a great partnership. I even had Miss Kathy tell me it's the best form of advertising they've ever done. So you Boneyard listeners, thank you very much for using Campus Bookmark. I'm going to encourage you to continue to do that because nobody's going to have better selection, better pricing, better service than Campus Bookmark, a Starkvillian institution. When you're in town, go by and see Stan the Man and Kathy Kathy Brown and everybody else 
and have a great time. But if you can't make it to town, go to campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. Promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So we're going to finish up, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have a, a show on Monday. And I kind of remind you guys, too, that you know, it's, a, it's a long weekend uh, for all of us because it's a later game. And so Sunday's going to be a day at rest for me. I'm not going to do much on Sunday. Probably post some video on Gene's page for you guys, some post-game video and things like that. This Sunday morning hangover is what we call it. But uh, the reality is uh, Monday we'll be back. We'll have a Monday show recapping the weekend, and then we'll do a Facebook Live show. Again, that's on the Bulldogs 247 Facebook page. Go like that page. We put all of our free content there. That's one of the things that I see people say, you shared this article, but I have to have a subscription. Well, you should have a subscription anyway. But if you don't, you can still keep up with a lot of our free content because that's what we put on that Facebook page. While on Twitter, we tweet everything. But on the Facebook page, it's just free content. So you can go by, and you can go if, if you missed a Facebook Live show, you can go back and watch it. You can, of course, you can't ask any questions because I'm not there to answer them anymore. But the reality is you can go back and watch that show and hear what other people had to say and um, you know, laugh in my hair or whatever. I don't, it didn't really make any difference to me. But the reality is, is we're going to be more accessible to you than any other media entity because this Mississippi State deal is important to me. And uh, there are a lot of people that pass through on this beat, and I'm not being critical of those guys, but there are many of those guys that uh, this is a stop in the career journey for them. And for them, this is a stepping stone type job. And, and, I, and I, I recognize that and I respect it, and I wish those guys the absolute best. Some of those guys remain friends of mine. But this is what I've always wanted to do. I don't want to go cover the New York Yankees or the Miami Heat or the San Francisco 49ers. not interested in any of that. I wanted to cover Mississippi State. Mississippi State's the first college football game I ever went to. November 1st, 1980, we beat Alabama. And from that day forward, I felt like Mississippi State was the best. And even though our record hadn't always shown that, that's how I feel. And so I'm happy to be a part of this, happy to be able to, to interact with you guys. And I want to thank you guys so much for your patronage and support over the years. I would be remiss if I did not thank our American farmers. We are a land-grant institution here at Mississippi State. We are people from humble backgrounds and blue-collar upbringings. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of people that have worked really hard to clothe and feed us who don't always get a thank you. So to the American farmer, on behalf of all of us that sometimes are a little bit reluctant or some bit forgetful, thank you for all you do to feed and clothe this great land of ours. And we thank you for being Mississippi State Bulldogs. And thanks for listening to the Boneyard. And for our armed services, our men and women of the armed forces, well, thank you so much. We're so happy to provide you guys with a little bit of home, a little taste of home to keep you up to date what's going on with the Bulldogs. I get a lot of those messages, man. It seems like at least once a week I've got somebody that's in a foreign land saying, you know what, Steve, the Boneyard kind of got me through. There are so many times that, you know, when I wanted to, to kind of remind myself that we had something back home that we're fighting for. It wasn't just, uh, you know, all negativity. It wasn't all politics. I can go back and listen to the show. And uh, that means a lot to me. I get chills talking about that because I know I speak for all of us that uh, do this sort of thing, that uh, the fact that we can bring something of value to you is very important to us. So thanks for your patronage. Thanks for your support of the Boneyard. Uh, please go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com and pre-order some books. I'll be on the road a lot this year signing books, but uh, if you don't care about going to book signing, you can pre-order, and I'll go ahead and personalize and sign that for you once those books are in. They will be, it will be next month. It will be October. September is almost gone, but we'll have a firm date here coming soon. We've used a new printer. 
And so the publisher handles all that stuff. I'm just here to kind of pass on the information. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.